New year, new us, no such luck, we're still idiots. I'm Greg and he's Ellis, and we are coming to you live as hell from Nashville, Tennessee in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we should warn you that we are drunk. So first, some housekeeping before we forget. You can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com or on Twitter at H2Heroes or maybe on Facebook where they sell your identity. What's in your glass, Matsy? No offense to any hottie toddy listeners, but I've got a Memphis beer tonight. I'm going with the Wise Acre Tiny Bomb. Yourself, Gregory. Um, do you the day we've been having? I'm on straight Oof. whiskey. Oof. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we are. Uh, now let's go ahead and get into the meat of this uh, delicious podcast. Uh, if you know me at all, I'm not about living in the past. But when last we spoke with the heroes, your boy was heading into another national championship game, and you sent me a text, Metsy, saying we're going to destroy these chops. Well, how'd that work out, pal? I am the actual worst. It is known. Uh, in fact, your tide got blown out 44 to 16 by the Clemson Tigers. And frankly, they could have named their number. But luckily, we are heading into a new season. And with it, mounds of excitement. Right, Matsy? Uh, Gregory, have you, uh, have, you, have you checked the Twitters today? Well, hold on. oh, God. They're dropping like flies oh. again. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get to it. Is it a curse? Is it coaching? This happens every year. And honestly, with the guys up front on D being as young as they are, um, we really can't afford to lose anybody. No, Dark Lord Saban had said, uh, I think as recently as this week, that linebacker was the position we were thinnest at, and that was because before today, uh, we were all losing our minds about the loss of linebacker Josh McMillan for the season. Uh, that was probably the biggest blow of the offseason until, again, today when we lost our dear, beloved Dylan Moses, who, as we all know, was named after a man of the cloth. Called him, called him Dylan. Right. Jesus Thank can't you. help him now. Uh, as ESPN's Chris Lowe pointed out, you know, this is a, a, a the, the latest in a long strand of brutal linebacker energy injuries uh terrell lewis missed most of the past two seasons we have had christian miller mac wilson sean Deion hamilton Anthony jennings all go down at various points in the past two seasons all hugely hugely instrumental players on our defense i don't know if it's coaching to get to your original question i have long said and still believe that scott cochran's value on the sidelines and being a actual maniac in practice cannot be overstated but at this point, I guess my question is, could we keep him strictly on the sidelines and out of the weight room? Can we get like a carrot top or somebody? somebody <laughs> I just like a character top. of some sort of character. Of I don't want a ginger in the weight room. What about dude? the rock? Maybe the rock is our next strength and conditioning Ooh. coach. Well, he is the highest paid man in show business, but we, as and I cannot stress this enough, are so yeah. rich. We are Let's so rich. We'll get there. Uh, you know, Saban called the injuries a character check for this team, which seems right to me. I guess my question to you, Gregory, sort of at a philosophical level, 
Why do bad things happen to good people? You can put it on my tombstone, Mets. Um, however, in a real answer to your question, uh, former University of Alabama kicker Butch Worley, uh, number eight on number program on his jersey, number okay. one in your heart. Uh, anyway, Butch said uh, that it could have something to do with the indoor playing turf. Mm. I, I don't know, but um, but honestly. But what a good thing! What a bad things happen to good people. I don't know, man. They canceled Alf. Um, you know, that I think that probably probably has a lot to do with this. Other than that, I don't. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, let's at least try to talk about something brighter uh, on our on our Ooh. defensive side of the ball. So going into the first game, tackles Antonio Alfano and Ishmael Sopcher. Okay. Real good job with the names there, Thank you. They were the big gets in this latest recruiting class. However, it was a three-star prospect by the name of DJ Dale. I I think that's DJ Dale, unless he's sort of a pit bull type DJ, and then in in which case it's Dale. Uh, He stepped up big this spring. I don't believe he's on. He might be under underpass. Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Worldwide himself, DJ Dale, uh, grabbed a hold of one of the starting jobs on the interior of the line. And then, of course, he got hurt, tweaked his knee. Uh, That leaves us with Raekwon Davis and LeBron Ray, who naturally also has an injury as the veteran upperclassman up front, as well as a 6'4", 317 pound. Just like picture that sort of as a mass in front of you. 6'4", 317 pound right. sophomore by the name of Fidarian Mathis. I call him Fimat because it sounds like a mm-hmm. cool, uh, some sort yeah, of biotech. No. Uh, he will likely right. be the starter thank you, <laughs> at nose tackle after this ball camp wraps up. Unless, of course, DJ Dale gets healthy. Uh, but really, what I'm getting at is that the season relies on a bunch of teenagers who need to be ready to man up. Okay. Um, on a brighter note, um, well, it was a brighter note until the day, and we'll get to that. You know, so, sound the alarm, suspension, suspension. Um, the offense is a well-oiled machine. Two returns, obviously. And people are were, well, I guess they still are, describing how wide receiver core is the best in college football. Uh, and some of the best that college football has ever seen, as a matter of fact. Led by Jerry Judy, the projected top five prospect in the NFL, caught a team high 14 touchdowns last year. Then there's Henry Ruggs, Junior Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sophomore Jalen Waddle, 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 baby. Uh, returning 75% of its passing production from last year from 3,597 yards and 38 touchdowns on 201 receptions last year. Let's go ahead and get into Devontae Smith and the damn movie. Yes, okay. Have we confirmed which movie they refuse to go see? That's the question of the mm. ages. You know, look, we love Roll Them Roll. We do. But don't just come out and announce that they are, they're missing the first half of the Duke game because they missed a movie without telling me what kind of movie yeah. it was. Like, is it, you know, it, what, is it The Notebook? Well, I, mean, I can see. Yeah. Okay. You missed The Notebook. Is it something that, you, you know, I don't, I don't know what's out these days because I don't watch – I don't watch superhero movies, but apparently that's the thing. And I'd go see a superhero movie if 
you know, if it meant not being suspended. Listen, if it's my dog, Skip, these kids made the right call not to join their teammates to go see the movie. Ain't nobody need that in Good book. Bad movie. Yeah, I, uh, I hear you. I, anyway. It does appear they're, they're in sort of concert with the four players who reportedly missed the movie. They were also all photographed at some sort of retirement home with a bunch of olds. Have you seen the photos? Okay. All right. This gives me pause as well. I saw that picture. So you're telling me they skipped a team event movie to go to a oh, nursing no. home and hang out with the old no, folks. No, I think the old folks is some form of punishment for missing the movie. Okay, that's the, that's not the narrative I'm trying well, to say. Good, I believe that they missed the they team movie to go hang out with the old folks. They were folks. busy with their pals at the home. Yes, mm. yes. It's an admirable reason to miss a movie, a in my opinion. Great, fine, upstanding young men there. I will say that uh, yes. I have never seen anyone look quite as miserable as Najee Harris looks in those pictures next to 90-year-old <laughs> It's not a good look. Well, no. Okay, all right. So yeah, back to the uh, the offense that you were talking about, because Gregory, I got excited. You gave me a nice little segue to a new little segment I'd like to test out. I know, I know. If you're you're a longtime fan of the program, shout out to listener Fred, the one longtime (laughs) fan of the program. Uh, The the first Houndstooth Heroes recording of the season is generally a time of experimentation for your boys. uh, And by that, I mean me. It's when we have debuted such, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Cockamamie well, ideas. Okay. All right. That's one way to discuss uh, flashes of brilliance, such as what are those? And also the donkey of the decade of the week and, and other such segments. Jesus am I, am I leaving out any other? What is, what is the cockamamie idea okay, of the week? This, this season, I'd like to try out a new segment, which I'm going to call the hottest take you'll hear in this arbitrary time period. In which one or both this of us. This sounds like gold. It's going to be good. What is it's it going to be good. Get your mitts ready. Which one or both <laughs> of us will deliver some sort of take, however ridiculous, it'll rank somewhere on a ridiculous scale that we staunchly believe in. And then we will simply sit back and wait for it to prove true. It may be across the week, maybe across the season. Uh, but Gregory, it wouldn't be a new season of Houndstooth Heroes if I didn't come with a stupid new segment, which I will completely give up on before the SEC schedule even starts. This is dumb as hell. All What's right, your so take? So this arbitrary What's time period is hottest time take, and it comes with a bit of a backstory here. Okay, so we have launched a Heisman campaign for Tua, which is cool to see. There have been the tweets, there have been the Instagrams, whatever else the kids are using, maybe a TikTok. Uh, and th- this mm-hmm. brings me great personal joy because so many of my childhood days were spent simply distraught that our fair university was refusing to campaign on behalf of such deserving, such deserving Heisman candidates as, to name a few, Freddie Kitchens, Dennis Riddle, mm-hmm. Shad Williams, right. and of course my personal favorite, linebacker Jimmy Johns, short-lived linebacker Jimmy Johns, who I truly believe deserved uh-huh. the Heisman. That said... Cool that we have launched a campaign. However, I think we have picked the wrong student athlete for the campaign. And in all seriousness, I'm here to tell the world, Jalen Waddle for Heisman. My hot take during this arbitrary time period is that Jalen Waddle will be in New York City come early December. You heard it here first, Gregory. 
Moving on. It's time to ask a hero. That's right. We have reached the portion of the program where you, the heroes, get to ask us a question on Twitter at H2Heroes, and we answer the damn thing. What do you got this week, Nuts? What's got the hero's hair on fire? Are we the heroes or are we the hair on fire? Just All right. All right, Gregory. Uh, This week, the people are wondering about nachos, specifically listener Tony from Gonzales, Louisiana. Shout out to listener Lee, Lee, also Gonzales, Louisiana, would like for us to rank the best meats for nachos. Really? Did I mention that I quit eating meat? I haven't heard this, no. I quit eating meat a couple of months ago. And let me tell you, Matt, I have never felt better. But enough about me. What do you think about me not eating meat? Just kidding. Um, So you got your beef in various forms. The barbecue nacho. uh, Maybe the shrimp nacho, sort of a Baja theme. Um, Are there other nacho meats that I should be aware of? Like the barbecue nacho. Um, Are there other meats that I should be aware of in the nacho realm? Well, to to quote a personal favorite movie of mine and one that no student athlete should skip out on, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, you don't eat no meat, it's okay, we'll have lamb. I think lamb nachos may be the undersold all-star here. Would totally lamb on that, not with any mint jelly, mind you, but a lot of parsley, some mint. Mm-hmm. I think that could I think that could turn out really nicely. Uh beside that, I mean I am a long time Big Bad Wolves loyalist, and I think that has to rank at the top of any nacho meat list. Huh, huh. The lamb nacho. I, I think about it. Did you just pronounce the B in lamb? I did. I did pronounce the B in lamb because I was thinking about, and while this has nothing to do with it, it's, it got me sidetracked. What is mutton, and would it make a good nacho? Is that sheep? I believe it is sheep. I know mutton busting is uh, a rural a rural pastime in which young children ride sheep. So I think it's related. Really? Yes, yeah. Oh, you're, Tennessee is showing. Um, yeah, I don't know what mutton is, but I don't know if that would make a good nacho or not. But that's an option. But if we're going to rank them right now as a non-meat eater who does eat shrimp on Sundays – uh, on the on the weekends, I'm going for the Baja shrimp nacho, perhaps a fish nacho with a nice white flaky fish, um, but really a barbecue nacho. Let's be honest. I mean, this is not going to last forever, and I'll be tearing into some big bad wolves at some, sooner or later. Ooh, we got to find a date to get down there and hit up our boy yeah. Santa at Big Bad Wolves. That sounds nice. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Listener Charlie, who frankly your boys always can count on to keep us in the know about current yeah. events, asked a question related. Uh, a contributor to this program. He is. Yeah. We've we've had listener Charlie on before. Uh, he asked a question related to the ongoing saga about uh, the United States buying Greenland, presumably strongly hmm. against the Greenlandians' will. Uh, listener Charlie pointed right, out yeah. that. Similar to America, Alabama is very rich. We're probably richer than God, America. So we're rich. so rich. Probably we, we are richer than America. If you want to put a side-by-side cap, I mean, comparison, pretty sure the University of Alabama is richer It's than just America. so rich. Uh, we're not in debt to the Russians. I know that much. That I, well, I, I don't think. Yeah, we, not that we know yeah, of, yeah. although at this point it wouldn't surprise me terribly. Nothing really would. Also, that guy took away all his money too. Anyway, uh, here yeah, we are. Back to Greenland. Yes, yeah. Were we to target one school for purchase, listener Charlie wants oh. to know, who would we purchase? And Greg, I'm going to start because this is an easy answer for me. I'm going to lane all the way. Listen, as someone who 
I don't want to be a fog, but frankly, if the half tooth shoe fits, I need to accept it. And, yeah. and as someone who's February and March can get particularly boring, I need more Mardi Gras in my life. I need a two-lane campus to be part of the University of Alabama. Really? I'm suggesting we buy some mountain property. Because, you know, it's hot as hell down there, I'm told. Uh, I'm living in Santa Fe. Like a vacation. Right. I'm living in Santa Fe where it's just a delight every damn day of the week. But um, I believe we should invest in mountain property. The University of New Mexico, it's not particularly mountainous, but it is near the mountains. And frankly, you could get it for a song. That place is trash. Um, on the other hand, maybe something – I mean, I don't. I think the Colorado people – Something in Colorado is probably on beyond our means, but we could probably pick up something in Montana, probably for a song. Um, you know, being out here, I've tried my hand at skiing, and look, I'm clumsy as hell. I'm not any good at it, but it does, you know, it does make for like a really good reason to grab a drink. So I'm in favor of that from the get go. Uh, so I believe that the university should pick up a mountain campus. Um, we're open to ideas. Again, we're on Twitter at H2Theroes. If you think we should buy a campus in the mountains, you know, give us some, shoot us some ideas. Wyoming has a really cool logo, didn't you say? Indeed, they're the cowboys. Speaking of mutton busting, there's something going on there. Right. I haven't, uh -huh. all right, I haven't thought enough about location because it would be nice to have somewhere to spend summers, right? We could go like a right. Maine, maybe on the West Coast. Yeah. UCSD. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I just want to be, I just want to be in the mountains, you know, just, you know, you know your skin feels better. I, I don't okay. know. I don't it's like nice. It. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, so I guess we'll move away from Ask a Hero uh, and turn our thoughts to the beginning of the season. And it's another neutral site game. And pal, you know, my thoughts on these neutral, neutral sites games. I mean, I know we're sort of pivoting to home and home, but Metsy. We got us a humdinger this year. One to really get excited about. Wait, my notes say it's Duke. That can't be right. No, no. Actually, we opened the season this year with Duke, the the Duke Blue Devils. In football. In, in football. So, um, what do we know about Duke other than they seem to field a football we team? Do seem to field a football team, uh, and and no Mike Shashevsky involved at all. We have a uh, another guy who I'll let you talk about. I do have some information here because the Blue Devils actually bring a stout defense and a formidable running attack to the field, and those will be the sort of greatest strengths that they have going for them this season. Uh, the the play of redshirt senior quarterback Quentin Harris is what will really make or break their entire season. I mean, let's not kid ourselves and say it will make or break this game, but uh, they had their previous quarterback whose name escapes me get drafted to the giants. And I think the first Daniel, Daniel Jones, da John, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones yes. who left early and will seem to be Eli's heir apparent. Uh, anyway, on the Ground game, however, they return their top four backs as well as six linemen with starting experience. So uh, expect them to try to lean on that heavily. Other side of the ball. Which doesn't really, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it doesn't seem to bode well when you've got two true freshmen starting as inside linebackers for the Crimson Tide. That is a great point. I mean, I would rather it be against Duke than, uh, yeah. than 
Georgia down the road, but yeah, it'll be, they'll get tested early. That's exactly right. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, Duke has two dynamite linebackers who have disappeared. They have gone on to bigger and better things. However, the entire D line returns intact and the secondary replaces only one lost starter with a 2017 starter who missed last season. So some experience there. I suspect they will uh, be, they will, they will be on the field against our receivers. I was about to say be a challenge. They will at least line up against our receivers, and that'll be kind of cute for a bit. Uh, the Duke defense has graded out better than the offense for five straight years, and if it unearths a pass rush, uh, it could be one of Cutcliffe's best teams yet. Yeah, I want to talk about David Cutcliffe, uh, who I like a lot. Yep. Um, <clears throat> he's an he's Alabama grad. He's a man who knows how to coach a football, football team. He was at Ole Miss, if you recall, during the Eli Manning years until he – he, he got a disease in some fashion. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but they fell off. But it was no fault of Cutcliffe. He got himself fired because he got sick. I think if he'd stayed there, Ole Miss would be in a lot better shape than they're in right now. Uh, during the past, I think, seven years, they've averaged seven or eight wins a year, which that ain't bad for anybody. But for Duke, that's pretty damn exceptional. Uh, the Blue Devils won the 2013 ACC Coastal Crown. I still don't know the difference between Coastal Atlantic, and if you've got that figured out, you're a smarter man than everybody in the country. Uh, they've been bowling six times in seven years. Uh, they've been ranked parts of four seasons, and they had only won three bowls in their entire existence of the Duke football prior to Cutcliffe winning, getting there, and they've won their last three in a row. So he's doing some work. Shout out to Wallace Wade. Oh, like Cutcliffe making Wallace mm-hmm. Wade look like a chump out there. Right. Uh, so we, we did look back at what they did last year. And while their defense may bring something to the table, they definitely had some outliers last season. Somehow, listener Ian Petty's Golden Pit Panthers, Pit Golden Panthers, I think is the preferred nomenclature. They're golden? No, I don't know that that's right. I don't know that it's not. I thought they were blue. I don't know. I don't know. Hung 54 points on Duke last season. And Wake Forest, yes, the Wake Forest. uh, Damon Bacon. Yeah, Woke Forest, am I right? Scored 59 points on Duke last season. That is a galling number. Uh, However, (laughs) at the same time, Duke held Miami to only 12 points. There's that. In short, like pretty much everything in life, I have no idea. Okay. Um... Well, I have nothing more to say about Duke. Yeah, no, I got nothing. Um, shall we pivot to the wagering? Let's pivot to the hates, my man. All right. Um, as always, there's a nifty slate of games on opening weekend, any one of which you could cause you to lose your home, and we are here to help with that. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. In Charlotte, Cocky uh, is taking on North Carolina. Cocky is favored by nine and a half points. Um, what you got, Metsy? Wild line here. Yeah. takes. Yeah, this game initially opened at seven and a half points. Uh, again, Cocky, as you put it, as the favorites, has now moved to nine and a half. Uh, North Carolina, you know, they've they've recruited Mac Brown initially as a safety. Somehow ended up naming him their head coach. Uh, we keep thinking on the other side of the field that. Uh, Coach Boom's team will finally break out, and it never does. And Gregory, that schedule this year, I think this deserves like, yeah, slam on the brakes and just a quick minute to talk about this. South Carolina, for the only time in my life I can remember, and I would be curious what the history books show, 
play the top three teams in the country going in. They have, of course, Clemson in their annual rivalry, have Alabama and Georgia as their Eastern uh, matchup this year. It is just a brutal slate for them. So, you know, for their their season, they've got to get it off on the right foot. However, my take here is before the season and before the opening game, which maybe we should also stop and laugh about for a minute, there was a lot of talk about this being Florida's year and that they were going to emerge as something at least of a challenger for Georgia. I think everybody agrees that there's no prayer of that happening, that Felipe Franks may be one of the worst quarterbacks in recent SEC memory. Uh, Don't tell him that. He has no idea. I think South Carolina, this whole team may, this whole time may be the team sort of, waiting in the wings to at least challenge for the East. They're not going to challenge Georgia, but I think they could finish closer to the top. I like South Carolina to start the season off nicely here. Hayton, a Tar Heel. Uh, See, I I will kind of bounce off what you said, and we'll get into this later in the year when we actually talk about Missouri. Missouri is going to start the season 7-0. I think that they are probably, if Florida is not what everybody says they are, and I – I don't know. It's one game. They could bounce mm-hmm. back. But um, I think Missouri is going to start 7-0. and And if you get that kind of momentum, they're going to end up beating some people they're not supposed to be. I think Missouri I think Missouri is going to win nine or ten games. Now, I have them as number two in the East. Uh, I think Carolina is every bit as good as Missouri. They've just got a bitch of a schedule. Uh, so I just don't really see them being having the numbers, yeah. even though they're going to have a good team. On the other hand, if Boom loses this one, Cocky's in for a mighty long year with that schedule. Um, they have to win this one to get to a bowl. Uh, the schedule is that bad. Uh, I do think Matt turns the heels around eventually, um, but he's going to need more time than this. Uh, he didn't really – I mean, he did okay. I mean, look, he got Texas to the national championship game. He did some good work at Texas, but at the same time, he had the best recruits in America uh, at his doorstep. And so, you know, he didn't do what he could do with that. So I would be interested to see what he can do with recruiting in North Carolina, which is not Texas. So but I think I think Mac is going to turn it around that that team around to a, you know, seven, eight, nine, occasional nine win team. Uh, but it's not going to be there right away. Um, I think this is going to be a 10 to 13 point game uh, and the spread being nine and a half. I'm going to hate on the heels, but barely. Um, all right. Let's move on to what is really turning out to be an interesting matchup, the barn and the ducks. Um, I've been looking forward to this one. I'd like to point out that Michael Dyer was down. Uh, Oregon hired Mario Cristobal, who frankly has been destroying the Cruton trail. And that's not going to help the ducks this year, but I would not want to schedule them in two or three years. Yeah. And even with all that, they still have a Heisman candidate in Justin Herbert and they returned 17 starters, including projected first-round pick at linebacker Troy Dye. Right. And, and that is the most returners of anybody in America. Mm. Don't tell me we're not full of content. Look at these. Uh, so, but, but still, they're going to need every one of those against Auburn, who have the best defensive line in that country with Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, Nick Coe. Uh, and there's something called Big Cat, who I don't really know who he is, but he's on the, he's on the end, and apparently he's ferocious. Um, they have named deadbeat dad, Bo Nix as the quarterback. You want to get into that? If you could, I would love that. Yeah. And I also, I think we should, I think that's deadbeat dad slash Heisman candidate Bo Nix. Well, always, always. 
If he's a freshman and he has a skin problem, he's naturally a Heisman candidate from Auburn. Um, okay, so some chick named Crystal something or other puts a post uh, on Twitter. And hold up one second. I will read it to you, uh, heroes. I'm going to tell you all about what Crystal had to say. I, I frankly she have said, not followed this at all and have no idea what's about to come out of your mouth. But he is. All right. It's not, a, it's not horrific. But Crystal... Um, whose account has since been deleted. It was Crystal Loves True, whatever that means. Can't wait for Aaron, whose name is spelled A-R-R-Y-N, to watch his deadbeat dad get put on his ass against Oregon. I hope the world finds out about you soon enough, Bo. You get what you get. Hashtag karma. Hashtag payback's a bitch. So first, right. So my question is this. You would... This could easily be fake and made up. You're gonna Who makes up the name of a child, Aaron, <laughs> and spells it A-R-R-Y-N? So I don't know if it's real or not, you're but... Gonna, you're going to try to tell me Bo Nix, Auburn freshman, does not have a child named A-R-R-Y-N? No, that's a true that's story. <laughs> so that's where we stand with that. And Crystal, I'm sorry you deleted your account. But Again, we're just reporting what we're told. I don't know that there's any fact to facts behind that and that account is now gone but it did exist for a little while Ooh. uh so anyway that's that story um so yep yep with, uh, with anyway hashtag yep, karma ahead. hashtag paybacks a bitch auburn right, is exactly. still favored by three gregory <laughs> tell me who you hate so anyway i'm i'm getting there my friend i got distracted uh you know <laughs> single a single mom will get me distracted from time to time so anyway my point is with um, not really having any receivers to rely on, Auburn's going to have to rely on the run. Meanwhile, Oregon allowed less than four points a rush last year. So, uh, based on that returning talent from Oregon, I should be leaning that way. But even if they are experienced, are they better than what Auburn has? My answer is no. Uh, I'm heavy on the barn, eat the three points. And that, my friends, is my hate of the week. Hate of the week of the week. <laughs> Thank you. That sound, yeah, that sounded good. Uh, what about you, my friend? Yeah, I just, I mean, it's an odd year. We've talked about this. It's an right. odd year. That Under, means underrated Auburn on an odd year will get you every time. Exactly right. I, the, the line is what's a little tricky <laughs> because I think I've seen it at three and a half, you know, hypothetically on my own sites that I may or may not visit. Uh, right. And three and a half does give me a bit more pause because it seems like a game that Auburn Jesus has to get involved in. You know, I think Auburn Jesus probably at the end of every season feels hungover. He's kind of run down, feels unappreciated by his his specific fan base. But then the next season comes and he just can't keep his hands out of these games. I think he's going to. Uh, but I got a question. I got a real quick question mm-hmm. for you, though. You know, it's in Arlington, and what if the roof is closed? How does that affect Auburn Jesus? Can he get into a, a closed roof? Listen, where two closed- where two or more barners are gathered, Auburn Jesus will uh-huh. be there. I think okay, I, did, I didn't know if there was a barrier with the roof. You know, I got questions. I don't know. At this point, he may just ride around in Gus's, like, toupee or Merkin or something. I'm not sure. Uh, I am also going to hate a duck here. I think, again, the three and a half is a bit – iffy but i think auburn probably pulls it out just fine okay pulls it out of the merkin all right quick speed round 
I don't know why. Here in Nashburg, the trucks are already getting set up uh, from SEC Network as the Georgia Bulldogs are coming to town as 22-point faves. That's right, fighting Kirby's 22-point faves against the doors here. Uh, a quick side note, tickets for this game are up to like 175 just to get in, which Why? yeah, I, tons of Georgia fans in Nashville. I know Nashville des- is a desirable spot for people to come spend Labor Day weekend or what have you. That is an absurd price to pay for any game taking place at Vanderbilt Stadium. Gregory and I have seen it, seen it. And we have seen it. That was the game where Vanderbilt was sure they were going to win. They were. And I think they uh, they were uh, they were coming. They were riding high, and I think we, we went like fifty nine to nothing or something. Yeah, it was close, and I can't think of what the high pitched Vandy guy said before the game. You remember? Oh those? yeah, everyone. Uh, kinda. It's fine. We that, was, that was two was breakout. We knew then your your loyal heroes were the only ones who had an inkling of what Tua might one day become. <laughs> yep. Anyway, I am gonna go ahead and call this one my hit of the week. Of the week, of the week, of the thank week. Thank you. And that is, of course, hating the doors. You know, some doors you push, some doors you pull. Unfortunately, I think Georgia is going to do both of those and otherwise generally have their way with these poor doors. Fair, fair, fair position. I would, if I have to pick on that one, I too will hate a door. Um, okay, finally, you're tied. Rolls into Atlanta as a 34 point favorite. And I would be interested to see what that line is tomorrow. Uh, but we always seem to underform, underperform in these games. Uh, you know, having said that, the last time anybody, anybody came within 10 points of the Tide in a season opener was in 2006. But nevertheless, we don't seem to be on our A game in these situations, at least to start, you know, at least the way the games begins. Um, so, again, I, I want with everybody, you know, everybody, legitimately everybody out of uh, this game. I would be interested to see what the line is. I don't think it's going to be 30, 34 anymore. Uh, any thoughts before we get to the picks? Yeah, a couple. And I was trying to recall, I think maybe it was listener uh, Ascot Friday, perhaps, who asked about our favorite opening games. And mine has to be. I just have such a clear one that I want to get to. Uh, when we played Clemson and let's call it 2008, ish yeah i was there i don't remember what, it was before the big run because yeah. i kind of thought we might lose yeah and right it, you know, it was 2009 i would have not have thought we were gonna lose yeah i think it was 2008 because it was the first game after some of the footage had leaked of julio jones as a true freshman on campus doing ungodly things to rashad johnson and right. others uh, and we played virginia tech the next year i think that's what i could remember is who was what i had amazing right. seats T. Martin and Saran Stacy in a wild group. Uh, anyway, that's my all-time season opener fave. Do you have one? I don't, because uh, I hate these games. I know, um, I know. I, you know, I liked that game. I, I, you know, have I enjoy them. I just, I, I shouldn't say I enjoy them. Really, don't. I don't enjoy them at all. It's um, football. It is football, and you've waited for you know quite a few months for it, so you're happy to have it. Uh, at the same time. Um, they're in Atlanta. They're in Dallas. Yes. I'll be happy to for the days when we, you know, when we're playing Texas and we're playing. Uh, who else do we have? We have Notre Dame, I think. We have Oklahoma. Whoever we're starting these, you know, we're going to start doing these homes and homes. I'll be excited about those. Uh, these feel very sterile to me. And yeah, I'm happy to have it, but I don't really have a favorite. 
the one the one I do remember is the Clemson one because it was the first one I'd been to, but it wasn't really a standout for me. I, I don't guess. Okay, fair enough. Well, you, you some. Yeah. Anyway, to I'm the game at hand. I guess my thought is that I hope the team comes ready to make a statement. You know, it'll be the first time that we're back on a field since the game that we won't mention again this season. I hope. Uh, that you mentioned earlier in the show, which again, right. I'm not going to mention. Uh, I I want to see an ugly and relentless 60 minutes of joyless murder ball. Uh, we've seen that our offense is capable of putting up 50 easily. I mean, easily on teams like this. Uh, I think the defense will have something to prove, uh, again, with not only the injuries and, and people stepping up, but also their last performance. And I think they will. Okay. Um, I tend to agree. I'm going to name the score. Um, I had a score in mind earlier, but things have changed. I'm still hating on the Blue Devils. I went all of last year hating on the Tide, and it worked out just fine until the end. Uh, so I'm changing my MO this year. I'm hating on the Blue Devils here. I think we cover the 34. My initial score before today was 61-17. Um, I'm still fairly okay. I don't think Devon. I don't think Devontae is makes that big of a difference. We've still, you know, loaded on offense, um, even though we have two running our top two running backs out. I don't think that's going to make a difference. Um, I'm going to I'm going to step that back a little bit to 51, and I'm going to leave Duke at 17. So that's the final 51 Alabama, 17 Duke Blue Devils. What about yourself, Val? Okay, I like that. Uh, 17 whole football points by these Blue Devils, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Could be garbage. I, I don't I, Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows anything? We certainly don't. No, I no. am going to predict them to score significantly less. I think it'll be, frankly, a really boring game where we come out and score at will really early, and they probably don't ever get a lot of momentum going on offense, and then the second half is largely backups and sloppiness. Uh, I think uh, by the half, I think we'll have probably like a 28-point lead, and I think final is something closer to, I gotta factor in a couple of missed field goals, etc., etc. I'm gonna go... Hey, that new kid is good, we hear. But I mean, well... Have we ever heard that before? Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go 43 to 7 straight up, which barely has us covering if my calculator isn't lying to me, which I'm never quite Well, convinced. that's the thing is I just looked at mine. 51 to 17 is exactly 34 um, because I'm not really good at math. So I have a set of push. So, you know, <laughs> we'll do with that what you want. That has to be a first, and I hate right. it. Uh, I'm calling a punch. Anyway, that'll do it for another edition of Hounds Tooth Heroes. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can find us on houndstoothheroes.com or on Twitter at H2Heroes, maybe on Facebook. We don't really know. Uh, Thanks again to Bo and Elliot and all the good people at Druid City Brewing. Uh, uh, This is not a home game, but I will uh, bring this up again for every home game. You can park at Druid City Brewing absolutely free of charge. When you pull in, there's some Boy Scouts that are taking money. All you got to do is tell the folks you're going to Druid City Brewing, park, go have some beers, and it's free of charge. And you can walk to the stadium and you get to talk to Bo and Elliot, which is uh, fantastic in itself. We uh, hope to talk to you next week, heroes. Take us home, Metsy. All right, Gregory. I love you. Love you. Hold tight, y'all.